Welcome to episode 22 of Night Shift, the first episode of 2023. My name is Mike Stubbs, along with Kyle Grimard. You can find us on socials. You can find Kyle at Kyle Grimard, at Kyle, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980. The London Knights family has been through some highs lately. It has been through one of the lowest lows you could ever experience. We're going to be talking about that later on in the show. If you haven't seen or heard the tribute to Abakar Kazbekov, we will have that for you. The Knights come into 2023 vying for top spot in the Western Conference, something that they actually grabbed, at least for the time being, with a win on Tuesday night over the Guelph Storm, one that came in overtime. It was their seventh victory. It was their 19th win in their past 21 games. And Kyle, I think if you asked a good portion of the fans who were at Budweiser Gardens on that Tuesday night, maybe five minutes into the third period, they might say, you know, I, I just don't know if the team is going to find a spark tonight. I just don't know if they're going to find that first goal. But if they do, I bet you they find some more. It, it seemed like one of those games, Mike, that the Knights seem to be working harder to achieve the same success as the Guelph Storm. You know, Guelph goes up one nothing in the first period. They get a goal less than a minute into the second off a point shot that has a, a seeing eye shot essentially through Brett Brochu. And the Knights are getting chances, you know, and they're coming up with absolutely nothing. And I remember being down at ice level and someone saying to me, they just got to get an ugly one. They got to stop trying for the tic-tac-toe, beautiful goal. And would lo and behold, the Knights get on the board with a goal in the third period. And it's an ugly one. It's it's off the end boards. It's, you know, it's it's not something they would draw up. They get back in it. All of a sudden, you know, um, Dickinson from the point gets a shot through and it hits the end boards, comes back through, bounces off the back of the goaltender and in. And it was one of those games where, you needed some ugly goals and if that was the Knights on quote-unquote an off night you gotta have a good feeling about this team because like you said Mike seven straight wins they've won 19 their last 21 outside of a November 5th game where I believe it was a loss to Owen Sound the Knights have lost one game in regulation since then so almost two calendar months in that time frame the Knights have lost two out of 21 that's pretty good that's really good. That's going back to some of the best times this franchise has had good and finding a way. Strangely enough, it was off the end boards twice into the crease. One time it goes off of Braden Gillespie, the Guelph goaltender who was playing in just his eighth game in the OHL. And then the next time it lies there right for Ruslan Gazazov to poke in. You couldn't draw it up that way. There is no way that you would ever look and say, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. Sam Dickinson's going to fire it off the end boards. It's going to get lost in a scrum. It'll just find its way in. Or we're going to just kind of throw it into the crease and it'll get through the pads of Gillespie and, and Ruslan Gazazov. You just stand there and wait. Just, just wait. The puck will come to you. Just poke it in. Just do that. There's no way you could draw either of these two goals up, but that's the beauty of these two goals. When things aren't going right, you have to stop trying to make passes, and Guelph was just making it tough on the Knights. It's not like they were overpassing against the Storm. They were just making it hard. They were blocking a lot of shots. They were playing well defensively, but then you turn to that, well, let's just get it to the net and get it in, and it happened. And then how about the overtime winner? 
from George Diaco. Signaling that he'll be coming to the bench. Carabella takes a pass in center. Barkey lifts a stick. Barkey now stays on the ice. Barkey and across the blue line to Diaco. He deep stop by Gillespie. Rebound to Barkey. Then stop. Comes free. Diaco waiting. Shooting. Scores! George Diaco and the Knights win it in overtime. Oh, a beautiful play and, and a great effort, too, by Jackson Edward, who was fantastic in the contest as well. He had two assists. He was a plus two. He feeds Diaco. Diaco, I talked to him after the game. He said after the breakaway or the partial break, he turned to the ref saying that he got hooked. And then he turned around and the puck was back on his stick. And he found a, uh, a way to get the shot through for the OT winner. But, you know, one of the first things that George said after the contest when I spoke with him was, this is a very good hockey club. They are a hard playing hockey team and they make life very difficult on you and you could tell Guelph was making London work for their opportunities and it took up until the third period but the Knights finally found a way to broke through but George Diaco was first to come off and give Guelph credit for the effort that they put in I love that you're about to do an interview with him and he's had this long overtime shift. He's going to have to go back out onto the ice in front of all the fans that are left listening and he's going to have to talk. He was close to not being able to do that. I was hilarious. He he's looked at me and I was I was just asking him about the goal and he goes, I'm out of breath, man. He's trying to compose himself because he's got to go do the first star. He's got to give a puck to a kid and he's got to come talk to me. But he was good by the time he came over. And, yeah, you know, there's a reason he's the co-captain. He gave all the kudos to Guelph. He talked about the team effort and their and their their ability to battle back in a game where it seemed like nothing was really going right for them. But, you know, a lot of people say they don't they don't ask you how they they ask how many, and last night was another one of the many that the London Knights have accumulated this season. Seven in a row, 19 of 21, and in a different life, George Diaco maybe could have been a biathlete because if he is that out of breath and yet can focus and calm himself down to wait and look and shoot like he did and score that game winner, that's rare. And to be able to just take that moment, and he did, he just... It was him against the goalie, even though there were other players around. It was him against Braden Gillespie. And in that case, the veteran, the co-captain, George Diaco, won. And George Diaco also won in another way this week, Kyle, because a couple of his best buddies from the Hamilton Bulldogs, who he was with in winning an OHL championship, in getting to the Memorial Cup final last year in St. John, New Brunswick, have joined him on the London Knights. The Knights on Monday afternoon announced a big trade. They acquired Ryan Humphrey, who made his debut with the Knights against the Guelph Storm and picked up an assist. They acquired Ryan Winterton, who hasn't played a game yet this year. He had off-season surgery, but is set to come back as long as everything holds the way it is right now, to make his debut against his former team on Friday night, January the 6th at Budweiser Gardens. And the Knights wind up sending Luca Testa and Carson Lloyd, who has been playing with the London Nationals, and a second-round pick originally belonging to the Mississauga Steelheads to Hamilton in the deal. It's one of those perfect hockey trades. And, Kyle, we can look at a number of these that the Knights have done in the past. Christian Thomas was traded to the Oshawa Generals along with Scott Valentine 
And that was in 2009. The Knights got John Tavares, Michael Delzado, Daryl Borden back, and then played one of the craziest, wildest Western Conference Championship Series against the Windsor Spitfires team that would ultimately go on and win the Memorial Cup that year. I think whoever came out of that series was going to win the Memorial Cup. It ended up being Windsor. And the Knights have also been a part of the reverse of that, where they sent Robert Thomas to the Hamilton Bulldogs in exchange for Connor McMichael. There were other things involved there. But in doing that, the Hamilton Bulldogs won an OHL championship. And who knows, the Knights might have been able to do the same thing in 2019-2020. They were one of the favorites. The season didn't reach its conclusion. But that's the perfect deal where you can look and do a deal with a team that is in a different place that you are, that benefits all of the players involved. And immediately, Luca Testa made his Hamilton Bulldogs debut on Tuesday. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's so funny because you look at some of the other trades that have happened throughout the league, and a lot of them involve one player going from one team to another and a whole lot of draft picks. Oh, hang on. Sorry. I I was just checking something, and, and, it, and it, sorry nope. about that. Oh, good. Okay, go ahead. You know, it's funny, Mike. You talk about how it's one of those perfect trades. A lot of the other deals that we've seen so far in the Ontario Hockey League this year involve one player going from one team to another And in exchange, about five or six draft picks versus this trade, you get two young players who are going to get a lot of playing time going over to Hamilton in exchange for two veteran players who have won a championship, who are going to add depth to another team. And you throw in a second round pick that's not even London's originally and is actually not even going to be happening until 2026. And like you mentioned, it's a deal that London and Hamilton have made before just in the reverse with the Robert Thomas for Connor McMichael deal. And a team gets a player who looking to win a championship then and there. And now here in 2023, the London Knights make a deal with the Hamilton Bulldogs in the opposite venue that ends up acquiring two players. I liked uh, Humphrey last night. I thought he was spec. I thought he was. He looked really good with the with the Knights, and I'm very excited. To, I've heard a lot of very fantastic things about Ryan Winterton. Winterton, six foot two, 190 pounds, very special talent, can score all and around the net. I think he had uh, 20 plus goals last year uh, in a shortened season. He doubled his point total from 2019 to 20, and from 2021 to 22 in about 16 less games. He went from 23 points to 46, and it took him 16 less contests to do it. Yeah, that's that's special. That's amazing. And he hasn't been able to play this year, so it'll take him a little while to get up to speed, but he has severe talent. He really, really does. And you go back to last year, and you have to look at Ryan Humphrey, a forward. He's a forward, and he leads the OHL in plus-minus at a plus-49. So you want to talk responsible, aggressive, can put the puck in the net. He had 25 goals last year, was big in the playoffs, does not back down. He is a guy who's going to come to the defense of every teammate, but he just does so many things. And that maturity level, Kyle, we've got to go back and think about the acquisition of George Diaco. And you think about all of the coaching acumen that is on the London Knights bench and all of the things that they can say and all of the things that they can show players. Sometimes it's easiest just to see somebody like George Diaco who knows that level that you need to hit. He steps on the ice and he's showing, Hey, it might be October. It might be November, but if we want to win, Here's what we need to do. Here's the level that we need to play at. And you just watch him do that. 
And that's because he learned it. He knows what it takes to get to the final of a Memorial Cup. Now the Knights had two more players who know the same thing. And the other key to this, all of these guys are hungry because you often you have to watch certain trades that you make in the Ontario Hockey League because there will be players who have professional careers waiting. And while they're coming in and they're going to produce for your team and they're bringing their huge skill sets, sometimes they just don't have that, I was born and raised, ah, fill in the blank, whatever team. And and it just it doesn't gel for whatever reason. These guys are feeling unfinished business. And these guys are feeling like they want to get back to where they were. And that is a huge ingredient, Kyle. Well, you know, you're Mike, you're bang on with that. You know, a lot of these guys right now, George Diaco, Diaco does not have a contract in the National Hockey League. His rights are not owned after his tenure with the, with the London Knights. But this is a guy who in 2018, Mike, was a six round pick by Hamilton and has worked his way up now to being one of the co-captains on one of the biggest Canadian hockey teams in all of not just Ontario, but North America. And he now brings on two of his buddies teammates that he had just a year prior that went on a deep playoff run. And like you said, unfinished business, two other guys who are hungry, who are ready to work. They're going to join a team that you and I have talked about as well. I remember when the Knights played Sarnia back on the weekend and you could see the differences between the two teams and Sarnia has got a lot of talent on the roster, but the Knights just feel like this tight knit group. They've got each other's backs. They'll go to battle for one another. And I think you're bringing in two players that are going to just add to that locker room and that mindset of the team, instead of maybe bringing in a player who, you know, has, has all the talent in the world, but maybe doesn't get along with a couple of guys. You can tell how tight knit this team is. I think one, it's a great hockey trade in general, but it really benefits the Knights on and off the ice. Well, we had a chance to get to know Ryan Humphrey and Ryan Winterton on London Live, which is a talk show that I do weekdays from 3 to 6 on 980 CFPL. We happened to be at Budweiser Gardens because it was a game day, and we went down to the dressing room and found Ryan Humphrey and Ryan Winterton and started off by asking Ryan Humphrey about coming to London. I'm just super pumped to be able to play here all the time. I mean, excited to be a part of it and try to bring a championship here. Last year... You two won a championship with the Hamilton Bulldogs and won a championship with a guy who's now your teammate again, George Diaco. How quickly did one of you call him after you found out that this was happening? Yeah, um, I think he called me about 15 times the second he heard the news. So, um, I mean, I'm just excited to play with Georgie. He's one of my best buddies and an awesome player. So, excited to get things going with him and the, the night. So. And soon you'll be playing against your old team. We'll talk about that in just a minute ryan winterton you haven't been able to play this year so let's rewind time last year the memorial cup finishes up and surgery happens yeah i went up to seattle uh for development camp and then it's kind of funny how fast things work when you're uh in the nhl Uh, i had i got there saturday had an mri sunday and then i was getting surgery thursday so um, it was crazy a turn of events but then yeah so they, they told me that and then i just had to get healthy um, you know, do my work, and then kind of now's now's the time that's going to pay off. So I'm um, excited for Friday um, and ready to go. So then you're saying Friday is, and we've been hearing this today. Friday's maybe the time you'll be able to make your debut. Yeah, Friday's the time. Uh, I'm knocking on wood. So yeah, Friday is the day. Uh, it's going to be a little bit awkward against Hamilton, but you know I'm ready for it. So 
do it against your old teammates. Ryan Humphrey, let's talk about those teammates and with George Diaco. What was it like winning an OHL championship last year? I mean, there's nothing that compares to it. Um, just a feeling how much you put into this game and to finally see what you work so hard for come to life with your best friends. I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. And I think the rest of my hockey career, I'm just chasing that feeling. And it's nothing better. I think uh, Winterton can attest to that for sure. Ryan Winterton, what do you think you're going to remember from it? <laughs> exact same thing. Yeah, he said it perfectly. You know, you worked your whole life kind of, you know, all the all the countless hours in the gym and on the ice, and you work for something like that. Um, so, you know, it was a lot of work, a lot of injuries, um, and, you know, it ended up paying off. So um, this year we're chasing the end-end goal with the Mem Cup. So uh, we got to check that one off, but I'm looking forward to it. Ryan Humphrey, you made it all the way to that Memorial Cup final after you know, a tough first game. What was it that got you guys back and rolling again? Um, I think just the guys coming together. I mean, you're that far in the season. You played so long together. It's just really you guys coming together and saying, you know, we're, we're here for a little bit of time. It's the biggest tournament in the world. Let's, uh, let's just push and give it everything we have. Let's finish it off just allowing fans to get to know you as players. Ryan Winterton, how would you describe yourself as a player? Yeah, I'd say I'm a hardworking, experienced forward um, with, you know, a bit of offense. I think I can contribute offensively um, on the wing and, you know, play both ends of the, uh, out of the ice really well. Um, and, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting going. All right, Humphrey, how about you? Well, I think Winterton can contribute a lot. Um, I think he's underplaying it, by the way. And um, I think I'm just a hardworking guy, um, willing to do the little things right to help win. And uh, I think I can score and uh, get assists one needed so is he underplaying himself too i think so yeah yeah, yeah. pound for pound toughest in the league so you wouldn't say that but i'll say it love it love it well guys welcome to london this is a phenomenal city phenomenal organization it's a thrill to have you here thanks for this thank you. thank you ryan winterton and ryan humphrey two new ryans on the london knights two big additions the ohl trade deadlines come up on monday january 9th and tuesday january 10th monday january 9th is the overage trade deadline and then tuesday january 10th is the deadline for everybody else and you might wonder why do they have two well this goes back years ago when you had one trade involving an overager that ended up giving a team four overage players and it happened so close to the deadline that the team with four overagers didn't have a chance to move one of them and it meant that they could only play with three they own the rights to four and that meant one guy wasn't going to be able to play in the Ontario Hockey League so the league decided, look, we can't have that anymore. Let's give this a little bit more space. Let's make sure that every team has an opportunity to get all of their ducks in a row and players who can play in the league find places to play in the league. So it works out really well. And so that will come up on Monday and on Tuesday. And Kyle, when you look right now, the Western Conference seems to be seven deep in terms of teams that could win it. The only teams that have basically said, we think we're out of this, we're looking toward the future, are Erie, who traded away Christian Cairo to Sarnia, Sault Ste. Marie, who made a trade dealing Tyler Savard to Barry, and then the Guelph Storm, who traded Danny Zilkin to the Kitchener Rangers. The Rangers are in seventh place. They believe that they have what it takes to win, and you've got a couple of teams in maybe Saginaw and Owen Sound who might not add anything. We'll see, because I think they have their eye on next year, but they're still competitive enough that they could win this year. 
And so it promises to be as competitive a Western conference as it's ever been. It's not down to one or two teams. Kyle, we're sitting at seven. Well, there's three points separating the London Knights and the Windsor Spitfires with Saginaw kind of crunched in the middle. And what's terrifying, what you just said, is that you, Saginaw might not add anything, yet they're one point back of London who have loaded up with two other players from the Hamilton Bulldogs this year. But the one thing I will say about Kitchener, I remember when Kitchener, just a year ago, you know, they came into a playoff series against the London Knights as the seven seed, I believe. And in a seven-game series, took out London. So it doesn't really matter what seed you're in. If there is belief in that locker room and they know going in that, hey, if we just got to get there. Once they get to the playoffs, anything can happen. We've seen it happen before. Who knows if we happen to see it again? Always fun. And we still have a couple of other intangibles. Shane Wright and Brant Clark. Our OHLers, they have been playing in the National Hockey League this year, right with the Seattle Kraken and Brant Clark with the LA Kings. If they are returned after the World Juniors, there's no guarantee, but Shane Wright would go back to Kingston. Brant Clark would go to Barry. Would we see more moves from Kingston? Would we see a move from Barry? We're not even sure whether those players are going to be returned. They could easily go back to the National Hockey League after the World Juniors. So two other things to pay attention to. Busy weekend coming up for the London Knights. They will host the Hamilton Bulldogs in what is expected to be Ryan Winterton's debut. And we will see a lot of players playing against some guys that they know <laughs> well. As Luca Tester returns to London, he's going to have himself a phenomenal career. Carson Lowell. Lloyd, let's hope, gets an opportunity in the Ontario Hockey League because, let's face it, Kyle, the Knights' defense core, how deep is this? We were counting up how many players could return. It's almost everybody next year, save for Logan Mayhew, who will be with the Montreal Canadiens organization. Oh, it's wild to think about going through, and what's even more hilarious is that two of them are rookies and have not played like it. Oliver Bonk has been outstanding this season and as a uh as a kid in this league a second round pick uh you know in 2021 he's got 23 points in 33 games as a rookie and then of course you know the acquisition earlier of of sam dickinson who has come over who has also just been fantastic he's got five goals on the season really getting his 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 grooves in the league and then you add that to the core of what the Knights have already built with Isaiah George and Ethan McKinnon and Alec Leonard, who was brought over from the Jared Keene trade, Connor Fetterkow, who's kind of gone up and down playing forward and defense. And then you've got Jackson Edwards. So outside of Logan Mayu, that we could see this exact same defensive core back for another season. So for the Knights who are going out and acquiring forwards right now, defensively in the net, they look like they're going to be stable for the next couple of years. Definitely. And it's kind of crazy to think that they're adding players to try and take a run at it this year, knowing that that's what the future looks like. So as usual, a team that is constructed <laughs> incredibly well. So the Knights will be home to Hamilton on Friday, and then they go to Saginaw for a big game. Could be a first-place matchup in the Western Conference against the Saginaw Spirit. Michael Misa continues to dazzle in his rookie season as just a 15-year-old. Yeah, something else. And then it's the very quick turnaround. The Knights play in Saginaw Saturday night, arrive in Sault Ste. Marie just after 2 a.m., and they play the Greyhounds at 2 p.m. But the last time they did that, it was Oliver Bonk playing shootout hero, 
and he wound up scoring the winner, and the Knights walked away with one of those 19 victories that we have been talking about. And we'll recap that weekend early next week. You can follow Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard. You can follow me at Stubbs980. The London Knights are still dealing with something that is still day by day and will continue to be day by day. That's how anyone has to approach it when you lose someone very close to you. The Knights lost Abakar Kazbekov on December 17th, and there was a tribute that was perfect. It was absolutely perfect in the way that it was done to honor and remember the life of Abakar Kazbekov. We'll have that for you in just a moment, but here is London Knights Associate General Manager Rob Simpson on Abakar Kazbekov. He was a, a hardworking young man that was dedicated and was loved by his teammates and his, our staff and everybody that was touched by him. I, I know plenty of people have even shot in emails in the community saying what a fine young gentleman he was uh, when he was out skating with you know community events or or doing events around the city. So tonight we want to remember him for you know the positive and and the good that he did around London. Um, you know, we're going to start off a ceremony by having some of his family and the Billet family here um, on ice and, and paying tribute to him with a, a video and a moment of silence uh, for our fans here is how we're going to open the, the game tonight. And, you know, we're going to dedicate the game towards him. He was someone who knew how to smile. Yeah, he was. You know what? He always came in every day and, and had a smile on his face. He worked hard. Uh, you know, had a shoulder injury there. And every day he came in, he, he went about his work and, you know, whatever the rehab or the the workout or any physical demands that were that he needed to do to try to put himself in a position to get back as soon as possible. He was always smiling and, and you know, he just really enjoyed the game and enjoyed the process. Knights Associate General Manager Rob Simpson on Abakar Kazbekov. If you haven't seen or you haven't heard, you weren't inside Budweiser Gardens when a tribute was held for Abakar Kazbekov, we want to close out this podcast by taking you back to the words that were said by in-house announcer Mike Deloey and the video that was played to honor Abakar. Number 15, Gives the Knights the win!